भागवतम की ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत्य नरंचम दैवी सरस्वती व्यास तथो जय मुधीर ये नष्टाषु अभद्रेशु भागवत भगवती उत्तम श्लोके भक्तिर्भवतीर्णिकी कृष्णा वासुदेवाय देवकी नंदनाय चंदगोपकुमराय गोविंदय नमो नम रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद भागवतम Canto six, chapter one, text one. So very auspicious day of Govardhan plus starting a new canto. Jai. Text one goes as follows. Sri Parikshitu Vacha. Sri Parikshitu Vacha. निवृत्ति मार्ग कथित आदौ भगवता यथा क्रमयोगोपलब्धेन भ्रमण यदसंसृति श्रीपरीक्षिदोवाच निवृत्ति मार्ग कथित 
ಅದೌ ಭಾಗವತ ಅದೌ ಭಗವತ ಯಥಾ ಕ್ರಮಯೋಗೋಪಲಬ್ಧೇನ ಭ್ರಮಣಾಯ ಅಸಂಸ್ಮೃತಿ ಶ್ರೀಪರೀಕ್ಷಿತೋವಾಚ ನಿವೃತ್ತಿಮಾರ್ಗಕಥಿತ ಆದೌ ಭಗವತ ಯಥಾ ಕ್ರಮಯೋಗೋಪಲಬ್ಧೇನ ಅಸಂಸ್ಮೃತಿ ಶ್ರೀಪರೀಕ್ಷಿತೋವಾಚಿತೋವಾಚಿತೋಸಂಸ್ಮೃತಿ ಶ್ರೀಪರೀಕ್ಷಿತೋವಾಚ ನಿವೃತ್ತಿಮಾರ್ಗಕಥಿತ್ರೀಪರೀಕ್ಷಿತೋವಾಚಿತೋವಾಚಿತ್ರೀಪರೀಕ್ಷಿತೋವಾಚ
Sukadeva Goswami very much appreciated his question and congratulated him by saying, Variyaneshate prashna kruto loka hitam nipa atma vit sammataha pumsam my dear king, your question is glorious because it is very beneficial for all kinds of people. The answer to this question is the prime subject matter for hearing and it is approved by all transcendentalists. Bhagavatam 2.1.1 Parishit Maharaj was astonished that the living entities in the conditioned stage do not accept the path of liberation or devotional service instead of suffering in so many hellish conditions. This is the symptom of a Vaishnava. Vancha kalpatarubhyascha kripasandhubhya evacha. A Vaishnava is an ocean of mercy. Paradukkadukhi. He is unhappy because of the unhappiness of others. Therefore, Parikshit Maharaj, being compassionate towards the conditioned souls, suffering in hellish life, suggested that Sukhdeva Goswami continue describing the path of liberation which he had explained in the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam. The word asamsriti is very important in this connection. Samsriti refers to connect, continuing on the path of birth and death. Asamsriti, on the contrary, refers to nivriti mark or the path of liberation by which one's birth and death cease and one gradually progresses to Brahmalok. Unless one is a pure devotee who does not care about going to the higher planetary systems, in which case one immediately returns home back to Godhead by executing devotional service. Tyaktva deham punar janma. Naiti. Parikshit Maharaj therefore was very eager to hear from Sukadeva Goswami about the path of liberation for the conditioned soul. According to the opinion of the Acharyas, the word Krama Yoga Palabdena indicates that by first performing Karma Yoga and then Jnana Yoga and finally coming to the platform of Bhakti Yoga, one can be liberated. Bhakti Yoga however is so powerful that it does not depend on Karma Yoga or Jnana Yoga. Bhakti Yoga itself is so powerful that even an impious man with no assets in Karma Yoga or an illiterate with no assets in Jnana Yoga can undoubtedly be elevated to the spiritual world if he simply adheres to Bhakti Yoga. Maam Evaishyasi Asamshayaha, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita 8.7 that by the process of Bhakti Yoga, one undoubtedly goes back to Godhead, back home to the spiritual world. Yogis, however, instead of going directly to the spiritual world, sometimes want to see other planetary systems and therefore they ascend to the planetary system where Lord Brahma lives, as indicated here by the word Brahmana. At the time of dissolution, Lord Brahma, along with all the inhabitants of Brahmalo, go goes directly to the spiritual world. This is confirmed in the Vedas as follows. Brahmana sahate sarve samprapte pratisanchare Parasyante Kritatmanaha Pravishanti Parampadam Because of their exalted position, those who are on Brahmalok at the time of dissolution go directly back home, back to Godhead, along with Lord Brahma. Om Ajnanati Mirandhasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Sthapitam ye nabhutale svayam rupa kadamahyam dadati svapadantikam mukham karoti vachalam panghum langhayate girim yatkripatam mahamande sri guru dinakkatarinam vanchakal pataru bhyascha kripasindhu bhyayevacha patitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha jai sri krishna chaitanya prabhu nityananda sri advaita gadadhar sri vasadi gauravakta vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So, there are a lot of things today. And there is, already we have started Bhagavatam class late. We have to go like an express train today. <laughs> Today we are beginning, so there are so many things. Today is Govardhan, then we have um, um, Disappearance Day of one Acharya, then Appearance Day of another Acharya, okay. and then we have Prashadam. <laughs> we'll try and try to do justice to everything. And then we have the basic words. We'll see. So, we are beginning a new chapter, a new canto, canto 6, 6.1 which is called as prescribed duties for mankind prescribed duties for mankind now so
Sukadev Goswami and Parikshit Maharaj have already had a conversation towards the end of the first canto, leading up to certain answers at the beginning of the second canto, where Sukadev Goswami, sorry, Parikshit Maharaj has asked Sukadev Goswami a question: What is the duty of a prime duty of a man about to die? Now, Sukadev Goswami, in a series of verses, around 10-14 verses, comes immediately to the conclusion and tells him: "Eta nirvitya manana ichchada makuto bhayam." So he comes to the point. He says that the prime duty of anyone is to do Anu Kirtanam. Not just Kirtanam. Kirtanam in the way in which it was done by the previous Acharyas. So he has already told that in second canto. Then why is he asking that question now? Here, right? Because again this chapter is about prescribed duty. Already the duty has been told before. So why is asking now again? Because the Bhagavatam is not so simple. Parikshit Maharaj was very simple. He understood it. But all this is because of his karuna or compassion. Because he has just heard the description of the hellish planets. And he is wondering, if everyone knows that Anukirtanam has to be done, then why do people perform so much vikarma and why such fearful or fearsome suffering in the heavenly planets, such gross suffering in the hellish planets, sorry. Okay. Have heavenly planets also. <laughs> Everywhere there is suffering. But yeah, hellish planets, why there is so much suffering? So, out of his compassion, he is reiterating. He is now uh, coming back to the same point which Sukhdev Goswami had told him. Harer nama anukirtanam. Because this canto opens out the very famous pastime of Ajamila, which glorifies the power of the Holy name of the Lord, even if imperfectly chanted. Not to speak of if perfectly chanted. So, the whole canto is opening up with a very big bang on the holy name. So, it's very, very beautiful canto. There are so many excellent pastimes in this. So, I am personally very excited about this canto. This is one of my favorite cantos when we studied the Bhakti Vaibhav. Um, so, Though Srimad Bhagavatam gives instructions to surrender, common man in Kali is very complicated. We will not surrender. Pashya api na pashyati. Though being reminded again and again, people do not surrender. And also, people need lot of context to surrender. For example, it's not as simple. You start a home program, people will come and you tell them, okay, the problems of life can be solved by chanting Hare Krishna. The goal of life is Krishna Prem. Oh, thank you very much. Hare Krishna. It doesn't work like that, right? So, we have to go through a whole lot of you know, drama <laughs> initially. When I said drama, probably, you know, like play play football on the beach with them. <laughs> and then so many activities we have to do, you know. Uh, socialize with these people. Go play kabaddi. Go on their camp. Talk footy or whatever. Sometimes we have to do that, right? To connect with someone. And then gradually, gradually give them prasadam. Get them for harinam. Um, uh, give them Prabhupada's books, encourage them to come. And then after they come also, cultivate them, be, be in tune with their problems in life, help them even in their material life sometimes, and then people come. And then when they come to the programs also, it is not as simple as that. People want, people have a lot of questions. Who am I? Uh, what is I? Where is the end of the universe? You know, so many metaphysical aspects have to be clarified before someone comes to the point of where, who is God? How do I know he exists? Why is Krishna God? And if they are Indians, then they will ask so many questions. Why not Shiva? Why not Sai Baba? So many things we have to clarify before they finally come to the point of Hare Nama Anugirtanam. So it's a, it's a long process. So Srimad Bhagavatam also understands this. So if we see, though this was already told in the second canto, Hare Nama Anugirtanam is the process, the Srimad Bhagavatam continued to discuss from there on the topic of Sarga, Visarga, right? Then the Sankhya Yoga in third canto, then the genealogy of mankind, starting from Swayambhuma, all those things it described in the fourth canto towards the beginning. Then the fifth canto was all about Vedic cosmology. So, for all those people who need so much of context before they surrender to the Supreme Lord, because this is Kali Yuga. And as if the Srimad Bhagavatam is coming to the central point yet again, now the Srimad Bhagavatam is extolling again the glories of the holy name, which it continues to do again and again and establishes the efficacy or, or the effectiveness of the 
holy name and probably this pastime of ajamila does it more than any other pastime because the moment someone talks about how can we tell me any pastime about how the holy name is powerful the first pastime that comes is what ajamil pastime in our mind so so that is the beauty of this canto so for the first three chapters in this canto it talks about the um, uh, power of the holy name and then therefore it again reiterates the prescribed duty for mankind and that that harinam sankirtan is the highest there is nothing higher than that and all other pastimes in the shrimad bhagavatam are meant to bring one to this point of harin harer nama anukirtanam also while this canto the first three chapters may seem in one sense to in one sense sometimes when one reads this one may think there is an exaggeration now how can one just say narayana to his son and then you know, get delivered the shrimad bhagavatam is telling this so that even if you chant like that you can be liberated then what about if you chant attentively but at the same time the the shrimad bhagavatam also encourages us to chant with intention and with love ajamil did not chant with intention to please the lord but shrimad bhagavatam continues from there on and encourages us through other pastimes till the the best canto the 10th canto opens up so that we fall in love with the lord and then we chant our rounds with feeling for the lord so that is why no no wonder that shrimad bhagavatam is called as the best out of amongst all the puranas because it comes directly to the point and it does not leave that point throughout the 12 cantos from various angles it comes and motivate inspires us now today specific verse and purport which is the first verse of this has got a theme in fact this verse as well as the next verse okay i have not read the third verse but i just went through the first two verses the the theme seems to be that is this is my understanding and be corrected the theme seems to be one of desire activity and outcome so desire is the function of consciousness yato manas tato bhava wherever your mind is there your mood will go right so in desire is a function of consciousness and consciousness is also a function of desire in one sense it's a cyclic loop if you think about it now for example if one distinguishes human beings the consciousness of human beings from animals one may conclude that the animals oh my god poor creatures they don't have the discriminatory power or the power of inquiry into the higher truths because they have covered consciousness this is one logic someone can put right someone else can say why was their consciousness covered so is their consciousness covered because of their karma right or because they are covered by consciousness they cannot inquire into the supreme truth so it's a cyclic loop so it is because of their previous desires and activities thereof that therefore their consciousness is now covered and because their consciousness is now covered they can't inquire so therefore human beings are caught in this trap of desire activity and outcome now the last canto on canto 5 specifically it was meant to scare everyone the vikarmis <laughs> all garuda purana what is that kumbhi paka uh, ocean of blood past stool and hair so if anyone is told like that obviously somebody will be careful you know i you know i i probably may not take that risk you know and they may probably come to you know think about uh, krishna consciousness so the canto 5 punishes them for their activity but also enables them to fulfill their inclinations if we go back to where the canto ended it says after they get punished they again get a birth wherein they can fulfill for example someone who is eating you know low class things items will obviously you know and if they if they if they gratify their tongue based on the misery of another animal then they have to go and suffer in these hellish planets but when the suffering is over they again come back and then they have to take that body because krishna says okay now you anyway desire now you enjoy it without karma now <laughs> because in animal life you don't get karma but you still can enjoy that so this is based on one's propensity one is punished and then one is allowed to be in that state and then evolve again to the human form of life so this canto continues that thread and dissects the human being's desire into three bhukti mukti and bhakti sense gratification liberation and 
devotional service. So if you see the first two purports, the entire theme is based on that. Now, this bhukti or sense gratification is further subdivided in terms of someone who is enjoying in obedience to nature's laws or one is having complete anarchy in one's life where they have nothing to do with God consciousness. Now, based upon that, one gets the heavenly planets or the hellish planets. Sense gratification with piety, upper heavenly planets. Sense gratification with only morality, no God consciousness, subterranean heavenly planets. Sense gratification without regard to morality and God's rules, hellish planets. So it dissects systematically and tells where people you know, in each consciousness go to. Now, talking about heavenly planets, again, there is another dissection. Depending upon the level of grossness or subtlety of their consciousness, one goes to the final floor of the heavenly planets or one is in the first floor of the heavenly planets. So as it gets higher and higher, existence gets subtler and subtler. Also, this chapter reiterates from chapter 17 Bhagavad Gita, which is the dissect, divisions of various levels of faith. And it dissects the influence of three modes of material nature in various aspects of our life. So, the, the, these verses also talk about what destinations people attain and who do they worship. When you worship so-and-so, you will attain this destination. When you worship so-and-so, you will attain that destination. Prabhupada interestingly writes the purport in the Bhagavad Gita that one somebody started worshipping Hitler in India. Why? Because, because of Hitler's policies, he was able to make a lot of black money in his life. So for him, he says, Hitler is my God. So therefore, I will worship him. Prabhupada actually writes that in Bhagavad Gita purports. So, so sometimes what happens? We worship anyone who we adore, okay? who has probably helped us you know, meet our sense gratification needs. Or sometimes we worship the kith and kin of whoever we adore. Now, this is something which we are reading in the newspapers nowadays in India. Okay? There is one famous Bollywood star. His son is a drug addict. <laughs> and now he has also been accused of uh, dealing in drugs. Okay? Now, obviously, such a person has to be corrected and put in jail. The last thing you do is to uh, kind of put slogans for his release. And when he comes out, there is almost a, you know, like a Jagannath Yatharathara, there is a procession going behind this fellow. Right? So, this is happening in Kali Yuga. It's unbelievable. And that too, he is not the original film star. He is the son of the film star. Even if it was the original film star, we will understand. Right? So, this is the extent of madness in today's society. Whereas, even if a warrior goes in India and then fights against the terrorists or whatever and then gives up his life, he is never glorified like this. But a drug addict is glorified like this. This is Kali Yuga. Absolute nonsense. People have become mad. <laughs> who to glorify, who not to glorify. There is no sense that is left in this world now. And the media is also hyping up all these things. Therefore, more and more we associate with these media, then what will happen? They have the power to influence our consciousness. So, everything is so... Um, um, how do I say? Yeah, everything is so nonsense in Kali Yuga. <laughs> in simple words. <laughs> okay, therefore... Srimad Bhagavatam 2, when the canto 2 begins, the second verse itself, after Prabhupada's, Prabhupada writes in today's purpose, prashna lipa. Congratulations for asking me such a wonderful question. But in the second uh, uh, verse itself, what does uh, Sukadeva Goswami say? He says, Shrota Vyadini Rajendra, Nanam Shanti Sahasraha. Nanam Shanti Sahasraha. Apashyatam Atma Tattvam Griheshu Grihamedinam. Correct, no? Did I quote it right? Yeah. So, what he says is that those people who are materially engrossed, Shrota Vyadi, Shrota means hearing, Shrota Vyadi Nirajendra, those people who are materially engrossed, they are blind to the knowledge of ultimate truth and therefore they have many other subject matters of hearing in society. The last thing they want to hear about is going, escaping the cycle of birth and death and going back to Godhead. So, our inclinations are shaped up based on who we come in contact with and what kind of literature we come in contact with and our value systems and thoughts are also altered and because our value systems and thoughts are altered by what we associate with our activities are also get aligned with such thoughts and therefore what happens our karmic reactions 
continue from that point and on. So these two verses, the first verse and second verse, of course, second verse next, another speaker will speak tomorrow. But even the first verse is talking, you know, about uh, so many of these aspects. Now, so much for bhuktis, bhuktivadis. Now, there are bhuktivadis, people who uh, want liberation. These bhuktivadis, they do not have access to the bhakti shastras. They do not have because of their envy for the Lord. Because Srimad Bhagavatam is only for the nirmat saranam satam. Absolutely non-envious characters, personalities. Only they will have access to Srimad Bhagavatam. So what these people do, these muktivadis, they adopt the process of neti, neti, neti. This is material, reject, this is material, reject, this is material, reject. So because they follow that process, in that momentum, they also reject the personality of the Godhead. They also reject the form of the Lord. They reject, okay. They think that anything which is form has to be contaminated. It can't be transcendental. So, transcendental has to be formless. So, they have this kind of a conception. But those jokers also, they do panchopasana. <laughs> they still have those deities. They still do deity worship of the form. But what they do is, they do this panchopasana thinking that I am worshipping so that I will become you. Because you have also merged into the impersonal absolute and I will also worship your form and I will also merge into the impersonal absolute. So this is their uh, philosophy. Now, if you look at the population also, for example, again, you know, I have told you before also, there was one, there is one devotee in our congregation. You know, his family has a supposed spiritual master, you know, who is a Mayavadi. <laughs> so, and very popular personality. So once this uh, this devotee came in contact with that family, you know, guru, right? And then he was traveling somewhere and he told that personality, you know, our Prabhupada calls all of you Mayavadi, like that. And he said, oh, is it? Oh, okay, okay, okay. No. He himself did not know that what is Mayavadi, but he is Mayavadi. He is an impersonalist. So he did not know what this person said. So now even such impersonalists, if you see today, if you count the number of Mayavadis, they are also very less. Most of them are, they don't have anything to do with regulated sense gratification. Forget about doing anything with impersonal form of Godhead. So even impersonalists are a very rare species. And Prabhupada somewhere writes also in Bhagavatam, impersonalists are also transcendentalists. At least they are looking for something, right? So most of them are not even in the impersonalist category, right? Most of them are not even in the regulated karma kandis. Like sometimes when, you know, we, we sometimes in uh, ISKCON lingo, we say, yeah, yeah, he's a karmi. Actually, once I was hearing one lecture from Gaurang Prabhu. He said, people use this word. He's a karmi, karmi. He says, nobody is a karmi. Karmi means he has to do karma kand. Who is doing karma kand today? Nobody is doing karma kand. Right? So, even karmis are a rare breed. People just are either atheistic or agnostic or simply they don't want to be bothered by all these things. <laughs> right? This is the general, most of the population is here. Now, but if you go to a specific place like India, of course, then what happens? Bharata movie has got that little bit of that piety still there. So even for example, when India wins, they will still worship some god. They will go to the temple and say, thank you, my dear god, that our cricket team won. <laughs> so there is still some piety left, like, or they will do some puja so that the team wins, right? At least they will go to god for, or demigods for all these things, right? So nevertheless, in India, still demigod worship is very, 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 very prevalent, right? So, most believers in India are demigod worshippers, even today. So, but they don't have access to Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, nothing. So, they have no understanding of Sarga, Visarga, who is Supreme Bhagavan, Eta, what is that verse? Bhagavan, Etechamsha Kalapumsha, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. Obviously, I did not know that before I joined this con. Right? So, nobody knows all these things. What is the difference between Bhagavan, who is Devata? No one knows all these things. Why? Because they cannot conceive beyond the immediate cause, whoever they believe. They cannot conceive of a cause of all causes. They can't. So, for example, what they'll do is, they'll worship some, um, some uh, mystic Baba and they'll go and pray there. Okay, please save my son from illness. And what happens? Sometimes, yes, some Baba may have some mystic power to adjust something okay, and do some miracle. And most of the times, these Babas are Dongi Babas. They are all, uh, you know, uh, what do you call them? Bogus, bogus Babas. Now, because of, if 10 people go and say, cure my child, because of the karma of 3 children, 3 will be cured, correct or not? And then they will say, because of Baba, it, 
cured. Seven will go away, but three will be business development managers for that Baba, right? They'll go and say, Baba, Baba, Baba. Three will become, six, six will become, so, no, like that. It will then gradually grow and it will become exponential. And suddenly, the bogus Baba is sitting there with a beard and talking nonsense. <laughs> and people will talk, people will glorify such a person. That person has become a very famous personality. So, anything happens like that. So, therefore, and today is a very auspicious day because today, Lord Krishna exactly came to pinpoint that I am the cause of all causes. Stop this demigod worship. And it is today, Govardhan. And coincidentally, Prabhupada's purports are also like this today. So, so the, um, the entire pastime of Govardhan Leela is meant to underline this particular point hmm, that how we should not consider the Lord hmm, Krishna and demigods to be equal. Hmm. So, am I allowed to speak on Govardhan thing? Because we started very late, so <laughs> try and go fast. Okay, yeah. Just 15-20 minutes, please. Okay. So, um, the pastime of Govardhan is very relevant. We are not going to go into all the details because of paucity of time, but I will try and keep it to the very, very brief essence. Okay. So, the Govardhan pastime essentially underscores this point hmm, that please stop worship of the demigods and it is enough and more to surrender to Lord Krishna. Now, how did Govardhan descend in the... Um, um, uh, how did Govardhan uh, descend in Vrajabhumi? That is the first question. We will, we will talk about that very briefly. In the Garga Samhita, it is mentioned that one day, Lord Krishna, when he decided, now I am going to come down into the material world to perform my pastimes, he told Radharani, Radharani be ready. Both of us have to go together now to the Bhaumi. And therefore, we have to do our pastimes. So, Radharani said, no, I am not coming. I'll, I have conditions. I have one condition. What is the condition? Unless and otherwise Vrindavan, Yamuna and Govardhan manifest down, I am not going to come there. So, Lord Krishna said, don't worry, I have already manifested all three of them. So, but Govardhan was not in Vrajabhumi. Govardhan was in the, near the Himalayas, as a part of the Himalayas. So, Lord Krishna had already manifested the Govardhan hill as the son of Dronachal. So, Govardhan manifested there in the Himalaya, Himalayan region. And because Govardhan manifested there, he is the king of all the mountains. All the famous mountains also manifested there, along in the in the in Bhumi and many in Himalaya itself. So, and when Govardhan manifested there, all the demigods started worshipping Govardhan in Himalayas with flowers, right? Now, one day Pulaste Muni was passing by, he saw, wow, what a beautiful mountain being worshipped by all the Devi Devatas. Now, he went to um, Dronachala. And he asked Dronachala, what a beautiful mountain you have here, but you have so many mountains here. But I am going to Varanasi where there are no mountains. So, can you, can I please take your Giriraj to my Varanasi? Because then I don't have any mountains and I want to worship there. So, the Dronachala said, uh, yes, no problem, take it. Obviously, he did not, you know, he was not very happy with the request. But he said, okay, take it because you can't disobey the, you know, request of such a Brahmana. So, he said, go ahead and take it, but on one condition, you, you know, you have to carry it, but if you keep it down, wherever you put it down, the hill will be in that place. So, he takes it and then nature's call happens when he is passing above Rajabhumi. So, he had to attend the nature's call. So, he keeps it down and that's how Govardhan stayed there. And Govardhan was personally very happy also. <laughs> he says, yes, this is where, because Govardhan is Lord Krishna himself. So, he knew that I wanted to, we have to perform, lot of great pastimes are going to happen in Rajabhumi. But, our uh, Pulaste Muni was not very pleased with Govardhan. <laughs> he said, what is this? You should have come to Varanasi with me. But now, I can't take you anymore. So, he cursed Govardhan. What did he say? You will reduce by the length of one mustard seed every single day. And since that time, that is happening. Govardhan has gradually, gradually reduced in size. Like that. But Govardhan nevertheless was very happy, even with the curse. He said, thank you very much. <laughs> I'll, I'll remain in Rajabhumi itself. Because now the whole pastime was going to manifest. And also, the, in one class, His Holiness Radharath Maharaj mentioned that Govardhan also thought that, and, and sorry, uh, uh, Lord Krishna also thought that, uh, you know, if Govardhan was full of very, very high peaks, very high mountains, like the, what is that? Uh, local, local mountain or something, then you know, big, big peaks. Then the pastime will not be, you know, 
that pleasing just imagine slope capped mountains and all that whereas it's all green govardhan is very green imagine it being snow capped govardhan is being lifted no it no, it won't have that much fun so therefore in order to make all this very relishable so many things were arranged and this this past time happened now the um, the the precise past time of lord krishna lifting govardhan is in canto 10 chapter 24 to chapter 27 immediately after the narration of the yagyik brahmanas now what happened one day lord krishna was standing there a young boy young child he was standing small child and nanda maharaj started arranging paraphernalia all the vrajavasis gathered together to worship lord indra now the srimad bhagavatam is basically disapproves of any other naimittika dharma which apparently looks like nitya dharma but is not but it is only composed of some pious activities right so lord krishna also disapproves of religiosity based on superstition as well as some vain tradition that people follow because when we just follow something with superstition or tradition we really can't put our heart into that kind of a worship so therefore through this past time lord krishna is going to teach that we must know what a particular worship is for we must know who is it for we must know how to perform it and we will know what will we accomplish having performed it <laughs> so all these things are being taught in the govardhan leela so lord krishna asks uh, nanda baba is it a ceremony you are doing based on scriptural injunction <laughs> he is asking son is asking father is it based on scriptural injunction or is it simply a custom of ordinary society so now why is nanda maharaj also apparently bewildered into doing all these things because nanda maharaj also sees indra as the ultimate cause of the productivity of land because they are vaishyas they are very grateful for land productivity because that is their business right farming agricultural agri cow protection this cannot happen annad bhavati bhutani parjanyad anna sambhavah when there is no rainfall there will be no production of food grains so nanda maharaj is a devotee obviously but all this is a past time okay so we cannot say nanda maharaj was you know a karma kandi or whatever so we know that so nanda but lord krishna is teaching through nanda maharaj this past time that apparently devotees also should not get bewildered and get into karma kand at any point in time getting enamored with the immediate cause which is indra no doubt indra offers rain so immediate causes he but no he is just the immediate cause there is a higher cause beyond that so therefore nanda maharaj is seeing indra as such and therefore lord krishna is trying to dissuade him from that so what lord krishna adopts he adopts the methodology of explaining to him karma mamamsa philosophy <laughs> why will lord do that so this is for two purposes it said that one is he wants to anger indra <laughs> inside indra first and then he also wants to wean away uh, um, uh, nanda baba from doing this in a very gradual fashion right so he gives karma mimamsa philosophy is that why are you worshiping indra because you should understand that um, indra is not the ultimate cause everyone gets food grains based on their karma so you better focus on your duty vaishya dharma and then he directs him saying that what is vaishya dharma it is agriculture cow protection right and where does where do you get all the ingredients for that from govardhan hill so worship govardhan hill so in short again i'm cutting a very long you know very beautiful dialogue very short because of time but that is how he brings uh, them to that point then we all know that having brought him to that point then nanda mahat nanda baba finally krishna after all this logic he tells one statement which melts nanda baba's heart he says like similar to bhagavad gita i have told whatever i have told you now you do whatever you want he tells arjun right you may follow whatever you know same thing he tells nanda maharaj also i have told you i have explained to you everything now it is up to you okay but he says something but you know what if you worship govardhan instead of this then govardhan will be pleased brahmanas will be pleased and i will also be pleased but anyway you can do whatever you want now when they all love krishna so why will they do something which is displacing this small child right so says okay okay now we will do we will do go and then immediately when they say we will do lord krishna manifests the entire govardhan and then what happens the vrajavasis do the annakoot ceremony very beautifully the 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 the, go, the the vrajavasis dress themselves they prepare varieties of items and offer to govardhan hmm? 
Govardhan himself is known as Haridasa Varya, the servant of Lord Krishna, but Krishna himself in the role of his own servant, like that. So, now obviously what happens when Indra's puja is stopped, then Indra is very upset. He sends the Samvartaka clouds, there is, you know, he inundates the entire Vrajabhumi. But the interesting point is when this inundation happens, the Vrajavasis also run to Lord Krishna for shelter. That is very important. Another lesson from here is what? That whenever we are in any danger, we go to Lord Krishna for shelter. We don't go to protection for to anyone else. So, and then what happened? Lord Krishna obviously he is his Bhaktavatsal. So he lifted the go over the hill with his pinky finger. Rupad writes, as easily as a child lifts a mushroom, Rupad writes, like that. And for seven days he held up the Govardhan hill. Now, interestingly, um, Krishna should have been very upset with Indra. But on the other hand, Indra did one thing because of this. Though he was envious, but accidentally he served the Lord. Why? Because of this Govardhan pastime, he united the Lord with all his devotees, dearmost devotees. So all of them were together with the Lord. So devotees are very happy that Lord Krishna is always in our eyesight. And Lord Krishna was also happy that all of them are near me. And then, obviously, the Govardhan pastime is dissected by the Acharyas. They go deeper and deeper into this pastime. But again, we don't have time today. But, essentially, the Govardhan pastime is very extra special because all the Rasas are there again in the Govardhan pastime. There is Vatsalaras, there is Sakyaras, there is Madhuryaras, there is Dasyaras. Every single Rasa is there. Shantaras is also there. All the Rasas are there in the Govardhan Lila. That's why it is a very, very famous and one of the topmost pastimes of Lord Krishna. And then Indra then is contrite. He is very repentant. Oh, now he realizes that he is not the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Why? Because Indra was also bewildered momentarily that this young boy, how can he prevent? How can he protect? The Lord's Nara-like pastimes are the most bewildering. So Indra is also wondering, he had a doubt that this person, how can he protect? But now he is realizing, my goodness, no. However small Krishna is, I cannot be bigger than him. So he is very repentant. But when you are going to get a firing from your manager, sometimes you take the manager's favorite subordinate. No. <laughs> then you also please come along. Like that, right? Like so many times, you know, we are said, when you have to get darshan of your Guru Maharaj, keep your child along with you. <laughs> and then go in, and then Maharaj may look at you. Like that. Otherwise he will not. Right. Push the child ahead and then the child will take the parents also and that day you will get some association like that. So, sometimes knowing the inclination of someone, you have to do some strategy. It's called Jugaad. You have to do some Jugaad to, to get association. So, Indra also tells Surabhi, you come with me. You know, I can't face the Lord right now. So, he takes Surabhi because when you take Surabhi, the Lord is, you know, cooled down like that. So, he takes Surabhi and he offers various beautiful prayers to the Lord out in his contrition. He offers various prayers to the Lord and he worships the Lord with Ganges water and with the milk of Surabhi, which pleases the Lord. So, the Lord is now placated like that. So, but the Lord gives instructions also through this pastime. What is the another big lesson from today's pastime? That there is no place for pride in Krishna consciousness. And when we are proud, Lord Krishna can take away our opulence and he can bring us down to earth. That is, and then what happens? This is another lesson which Lord Krishna says. Hmm? Sometimes we get when we get positions of authority, even within you know the realm of Krishna consciousness, when we get some positions, we become very proud, and then we start throwing our weight around everyone. Hmm? So this is the pastime which we need to remember, hmm? lest we get any time that tendency. Hmm? So the Srimad Bhagavatam reminds us, Indra is so pleased with the Lord that from that time the Lord is known as Govinda. Hmm? Govinda, Govinda. <laughs> Now, the nectar of instruction, Rupa Goswami also extols the glory of this place. He says, higher than the material world is the spiritual world. Higher than the spiritual world is Vrindavan. Mathura. Higher than Mathura is Vrindavan. Higher than Vrindavan is Govardhan. And at the foothills of Govardhan is Radhakund. So, again, that the, the importance of uh, Govardhan is given by the Acharyas. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also was gifted a Govardhan Shila. By a Brahmana. And what did Mahaprabhu do? He used to wear the Govardhan Shila in his neck and press it close to his heart. And weep, weep, weep. By that, by the tears of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Govardhan Shila used to get Abhishek every day. 
so that much it was and then what happened it was so dear to him that he gave it to one of his most dearest disciples ragunath das goswami who then what he did he took that but he settled at the foothills of govard and then from over there he said you know in the, from the from radhakund he used to then again as if reciprocating lord chaitanya mahaprabhu's mercy he started talking about chaitanya mahaprabhu's past times old man sitting there taking notes became chaitanya charitamrita mm-hmm. krishna das kaviraj goswami so in that sense chaitanya charitamrita is also a mercy of giri govardhan ki jai so giri giriraj maharaj is so so uh, famous in india also that people do govardhan parikrama during this time anyway it's kartik month and we have seen people doing govardhan parikrama srila prabhupad was so so attached to govardhan parikrama that there was 3 days left for prabhupad's departure from this world and prabhupad insisted i want to go on govardhan parikrama <laughs> and the doctor physician everyone said they told you can't take this old man he will die if you just take it. prabhupad said no 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 we'll go in bullock cart no, i will not walk okay the physician said no even bullock cart he can't take it if you go out in 5 minutes he will die let this world 5 minutes he said right so you can't take him but prabhupad said no death is going to come anyway whether i go or not so better i go for <laughs> go for the parikram that's what prabhupad was instructing his disciples finally they bought prabhupad's god brother you know very you know who can cool him down who is that akinchak krishnadas baba so they got him there right so baba ji also told him prabhupad don't but he didn't listen to baba ji also said no i want to go finally then prabhupad saw that all his disciples were very they didn't know they didn't know how to tell prabhupad this but then prabhupad realized that you know my devotees are concerned about me and then prabhupad said that i must be above and beyond my own desires i must be above and beyond my own desires i must respond to the love of my disciples and therefore prabhupad said okay like <laughs> so but this is how prabhupad was also so eager hmm, to uh, do the govardhan parikrama so so much for the uh, i'll very briefly you know two three minutes quickly talk about little bit about rasikananda acharya okay because today is his appearance day so rasikananda acharya is one of the intimate associates in the chaitanya leela in 1590 ad he was born during diwali time hmm, when all lamps were uh, when, when the when, when the whole society was decorated with all these lamps and he made his appearance he had another name called as murari his father was sri achyut dev who was the king of rohini so he was the son of a king so at a very young age rasikananda acharya became very profit proficient in all the scriptures and he was very devoted to his parents and the the famous pastime of rasikananda acharya one or two pastimes only we will talk the first one was how he met his guru so one day it is mentioned that rasikananda as murari he was sitting in a lonely place wondering when will i get my shelter when will i get the shelter of a bona fide acharya and then what happened immediately as he thought that an akashvani came a message came from the sky saying that don't be in anxiety you will become the disciple of a great personality sri shamananda pandit right and then jubilantly throughout the night he used to murmur shamanand 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 he could not sleep throughout night and just in the wee hours of morning as he dozed off he got a dream and in the dream he saw the effulgent form of shamanand approach and tell him that when the sun ri- you know just about the sun is about to rise very soon you will see me in person so he woke up from his dream and his moment to mo- moment it said his eagerness increased and then gradually as the sun was rising shamananda pandit in a very effulgent form approached him he was so ecstatic he paid dandavat pranams to shamanand pandit and surrendered to him shamanand pandit was continuously chanting shri krishna chaitanya nityananda and he was accompanied by so many of his disciples so this beautiful form of shamanand pandit along with his disciples was witnessed by murari or rasikananda acharya he fell down in front of him he was embraced by his spiritual master and ever then from since that point he dedicated his life to serve his guru maharaj so shamananda pandit initiated um, uh, him as rasikananda and his wife also was initiated with the radha krishna mantra after that rasikananda uh, prabhu started traveling with his guru maharaj and soon he became very intimate in his services to his spiritual master and shamananda pandit bestowed upon him the service of sri radha govind dev deities at a place called gopi ballapur 
So, and not only did he do this deity worship, he also started preaching the message of Gaur Nityananda far and wide. And it is said by his influence, many atheists, non-believers and rogues were transformed and brought into Krishna consciousness. So much so that an envious personality sent an elephant to him to trample him. He delivered the elephant also and the elephant also became his devotee <laughs> like that. So this was the power of Rasikananda uh, Prabhu. Hmm. Now, one of one, one another significant pastime is that Rasikananda Prabhu was so immersed in service of his, his uh, Guru that he forgot about Jagannath Rath Yatra. And what happened? There in Jagannath Puri, the Rathkat had stopped. And Rasikananda Pandit here, worshipping his spiritual master, suddenly realized, I have to go and take darshan of Lord Jagannath. So, the, the Jagannath card stood there only. Only when Rasikananda came with all his, you know, uh, he brought so many gifts for the Lord and he worshipped the Lord, the king saw that and then the Rathkat started to move. So, this is another pastime of uh, Rasikananda Acharya. Hmm. So, it is said that the king was so pleased with Rasikananda Acharya that he asked, requested him to accept a land as a gift in Puri. Okay, and it is said that in that land today there is what is known as the Kunjamat, hmm, where the deity called as Sri Sri Radha Rasikarai has been installed. Now, he had three sons, hmm, uh, Rasikananda Acharya, in his lineage. So, these three sons are the present servants of Sri Sri Radha Govinda Dev. Hmm, they are worshipping that original deity. Hmm. In terms of his literature, he wrote, he wrote many literatures and poems. And key amongst them are Sri Shyamananda Sataka, Sri Bhagavad Ashtaka, as well as so many other hymns and songs. So it is said there is also a temple of Rasikananda at Puri. So in 1652 AD, Srila Rasikananda Acharya quickly slipped out of his village. Now his disappearance is happening. He quickly slipped out of his, uh, of his village and walked towards Remuna. Now, he, he met some devotees, he did Krishna Katha with all the devotees there and instructed all his devotees and his disciples to never leave worship of the, the lotus feet of Lord Sri Krishna no matter what happens in their lives. Then after requesting them to begin Sankirtan, he entered the temple of Sri Gopinath in Ramunadham and after touching Shirchor Gopinath's lotus feet, he entered the deity. And that's how he left such a glorious departure. So his samadhi is at the temple of Shirchor Gopinath at Remuna. That was an express description. One more super express, super fast. Plain speed now we will go. Right? Speed of mind we will talk. This is Srija Vasudeva Ghosh. So the Vasudeva Ghosh is mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrit Antya Leela 5.259. It mentions of three brothers, Sri Vasudeva Ghosh, Sri Madhav Ghosh and Sri Govinda Ghosh who are very expert singers. Sri Nityanand Prabhu himself, it is said, will dance when these people used to sing. Initially, they were living in a place called Kumarahatta and later they came and started living in Navadvip. So they were very intimate associates of Nitai Gaurang. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he said that all these three brothers are immediate expansions of the body of Srimati Radharani, Vasudev Ghosh and his Madhav Ghosh and Govinda Ghosh. All three of them, because they were expert singers also and they were expert composers of sweet songs. So they composed lot of songs describing the leelas of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as well as Radha and Krishna. Particularly the childhood pastimes of Nitai Gaurahari. His Sankirtan pastimes also, as well as the pastimes of Sanyasa pastimes of Lord Chaitanya. All these were composed in songs by them. And also in their songs, they extolled the beauty of Lord Nityananda. So, so much of songs they have left for us. Vasudev Ghosh specifically was sent with Lord Nityananda to preach in Bengal. However, every year he came to Puri to Sri Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and performed Kirtan during the Ratha Yatra. Now, in a place called Tamluk, Vasudev Ghosh worshipped a very beautiful deity of Lord Chaitanya who was standing in a very interesting, unique mudra, unique pose. Such a deity is not there of Lord Chaitanya anywhere. And it is unlike any other deity that we will find of Lord Chaitanya. Now, what is unique about this deity? We will end with that. Now, there is a story where when Vasudev Ghosh received the news of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's departure from this world, he promptly proceeded to dig his own samadhi. He also wanted to leave his body. So he was digging his own samadhi. 
usually disciples dig the samadhi but he was digging his own samadhi right and then he went down to sat inside his own samadhi right and then and he was waiting for his final breath right then mahaprabhu appeared there and with one hand he offered a benediction with one hand he offered a blessing to him and with another hand he indicated that vasudev you should get out of this place right don't accept don't do samadhi like this so it is in this pose that the deity is in the gaurav ganodesha deepika says that shri vasudev ghosh is none other than gunatungi sakhi in krishna lila shila prabhupad ki jai ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जय कृष्ण प्रसादम की जय थैंक यू